presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Oil Country Podcast. This is our 55th episode with the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. We are also proudly sponsored with Alley Cat Brewery. Visit alleycatbeer.com and use the code THPN or tell them you heard about them on the podcast for 10% off your order. They are still doing online orders, I believe. So check out that website for more details and get a discount on some beer delivered to your house in this self-isolation period. The network is also proudly connected to Cool Hockey. I know uh, me and Kyle are going to probably talk jerseys a little bit this episode, but um, I just ordered an Athanasiu jersey, which may be a little bit risky considering is an RFA. I just want to um, say, I didn't, I didn't tell you too, John. I just ordered two jerseys too. I ordered Dreisaitl and I ordered Yamamoto off of there, but I hadn't oh, mentioned really? it to you too. And I, they had 35% off, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so so go to how you do that. You have to, it, it's fairly simple, but you have to follow these directions to get that discount. So you have to go to coolhockey.com slash THPN. That's coolhockey.com slash THPN. And then at your checkout, also use THPN as your code word and you'll get 35% off. So yeah, they're, man, they make wicked jerseys. Um, I've seen them. That's my first jersey I've bought in, but that I've, I've seen them from there and they do wicked stitching. So did you get the full like stitching or did you get the heat press? I I got the hand stitched and then yeah, the two jerseys. And again, with like the, the 35% off, I think it was like 380 something, like 170 something a jersey. If I'm not mistaken, 75 ish, I'm pretty sure it came out too. And, uh, and yeah, like obviously like a crazy good price for, for that Jersey. It's, it's Canadian dollars. It ships from Canada. And, uh, and yeah, I, I haven't received mine yet, so I'm yet to actually judge the product. Um, but for price wise, and if it's an actual authentic Jersey, like I would, I would assume you get it, you know, the official Edmonton Oilers store or NHL shop or whatever. Um, From what I've heard, it's like better quality than you'll get at Rogers. Cause like a lot of that is all heat press jerseys or like all heat press numbers. Right. Mm. So like, it'll be, they're clean ass jerseys. Do you know anything? Uh, I I know this is kind of outside the ad here, but are, are they like machine washable? Cause they're hand stitched at that point. I, Good question. I'm not going to unless it's like a hundred percent. I always worry about like machine washable as far as the logo is like my yeah. Biggest. I always turn them inside out anytime I wash a jersey, anyways. But just you know, for for safety's sake. I just I, I let the beer stains I let the beer stains soak in and it just like adds <laughs> character because I've got like I've got like a collection of jerseys that I plan on getting framed, which includes my McDavid autograph as well as my dry sidle. and. Probably not the Athens U. It'll be more of a game one, and then I have just a blank one. So some of them are like mint, and then some of them are like I try to take care of them. But if beer gets on them or I spill some ketchup when I'm drunk at the game, the so one thing it. I I wish I lived back in Edmonton for. Sorry, this is like a rambling ad at this point now. But well, I mean, it's not really an ad either. Like we were just we're not. It's not an ad. Them. We're just kind of talking about them. But uh, but I really do wish I lived back in Alberta or even Edmonton at that. I know I know me and my significant other have talked about going back to Alberta in the next couple of years at one point here. Um, but like you're very lucky that you have the opportunity to go 
and meet the players on the the fan days, right? And get an autograph. Like you're saying, you have those jerseys for those moments. I I wish I could send you a couple and get you to do it, but I know you can't bring in like, you know, 10 things a person. But, uh, but yeah, I wish I lived there just for that too. The yeah. unfortunate thing is those are getting less and less. And, you know, like as we're, I'm, enjoy, I'm enjoying this sidetrack. So before we get into the, the scheduled content on this episode, let's keep talk, talking about this. So when I was, um, I'm going to guess it was, it was pre 2006 cup run. It was probably about Oh three or Oh four. And I'm just trying to remember from like the others that were there, but anyways, for season ticket holders, it was just season ticket holders, but it was like, and families. So each season ticket holder, I think you got like two or three passes per ticket you had and you went in and it was a big, more kind of like a, conference center almost and they all had like all the guys were just like standing separately and you would just get in like the ryan smith line and wait to meet him and stuff and it was a lot more informal and since then so like that was when i was a kid and i have very good memories about that and i have been the mcdavid one was three years ago i believe when i got mcdavid's autograph and it's just like there's just so much more demand for that now and I think the unfortunate thing is part of it is because of the like resale market and how many people get Connor McDavid's autograph to sell that Jersey for a thousand bucks on eBay. So it's, it's like, it's nice to be there. Obviously like I have more of an opportunity, but it is kind of a almost like unfortunate, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to like downplay it. Cause I am privileged to be able to like go do that. But well, it's I, a bit of a pain in the ass, I guess, is my point. Like, I waited for like five hours and I just got McDavid's autograph. Like, that that whole event, that was like the only one I got. And I was one of the last ones that got his, too. I would, I would relate it um, if I could. Like, I collect hockey, oh my God, sorry, hockey cards like crazy, right? Um, right. And obviously, if it first happened with Crosby coming into the league, but then McDavid coming back with, uh, you know, 2015. There was another big kickoff with hockey cards and people wanted to collect uh, him in particular, right? So he drove the hobby back up and prices on pretty much everything has increased since then. And at one point it's been good because the cards have become like nicer and more pristine in a way. Um, but in the other way, it's like now it's such, it's, it's almost such a, like a high price hobby to try to get into when realistically it's just a piece of cardboard and you're collecting it because it you know has sentimental value to to you right not, not for the financial point right so you're you're like battling against all these other people that are wanting this piece when when realistically like there's thousands and thousands of mcdavid autos out there right but people will pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars for just that right which yeah i mean yes it's worth that to not discredit it because he's obviously the greatest player in the world and like a Gretzky auto sells for the same thing, whether it's on a Jersey or a card or whatever it is. Right. Right. But, uh, but yeah, just, just the difference that, you know, both that hobby and then like you just comparing it again to, to going through that, like how much those autographs and, and the turnover, like where people are looking for the financial resale point of it, where historically it's really seemed like getting an autograph. Like you used to be able to go to the forum in Montreal here. Right. Not that I lived here at that point, but get an autograph out the player's door from the players as they exit the building. Now you do not have a chance in hell. You can't go to the Bell Center and stand outside and get an auto. Uh, trust Dude. me, I, I've tried to do it. It's it, like they're in buses and out the door out of a, like a locked gated security gate before, you know, it, it, like it's, it's just not the same thing anymore. But yeah. 
I've mentioned this story, like the first half of this story on the pod before, but remember me t- telling everybody or telling you anyways, that um, I'm a Montreal Alouettes fan growing up. Mm-hmm. And I was at the um, Saskatchewan Rough Riders 13 men on the field game. Yeah. Yeah. That great cup. Hated and that one. Yeah. Going there. Like, so that was in, was it in Calgary, Edmonton? One of the places, sorry, one of Calgary, Edmonton. And I think it was Edmonton, pretty sure. Yeah. At the end of that game, we went like being one of the like 50 Montreal fans that were there. We went to the side of the stadium where like their exit is that they go to their bus. Jim pop brought the gray cup out and we all like grabbed the gray cup as fans. The night Alouettes won the gray cup. And obviously the CFL is, you know, it's a, it's a lesser league than the NHL is just as far as money and amount of teams and popularity and everything. But, and then the players just came out and we got like, I got like Anthony Calvillo's autograph and a picture with him. And it was so like, nonchalant and chill and yeah now that's just like especially hockey in canada there's no way like you you could probably do that in like florida and stuff like that because no one in florida watches hockey at all that's foreshadowing for what's going to be uh coming up in the episode later on but um <laughs> but yeah like you know what i mean it, it, it's it's what's the word i'm looking for it's gotten so like commercialized right and like i don't mean to like it, it, there's some positives about that too but it is what well, it is, I guess. I mean, yeah, there's there's positives for the league aspect, right? Um, obviously, more money is a good thing for the yeah, people that are involved with the league, right? Like they want everybody to be making more money. Like that's that's what you want out of uh, out of life for at least financial success, right? Um, and uh, and yeah, but at the same point, right? For for happiness, success wise, like there's a lot of players that prefer playing in, although it's it's more beautiful weather wise, right in the south, um, but going to play like in Los Angeles or Florida or whatever, right? Like it, where they can just blend in, kind of thing. Yeah, like, and like you yeah. can also just leave and go to a restaurant and you know not get heckled when you're out with your parents, like McDavid did a couple of years ago, or or whatever the situation is, right? So right, yeah, it's. It'd be nice if there was a happy medium, but at the same time, like there's there's a benefit of playing in a Canadian market because you pretty much play in a sellout every night too. So it just depends on what you want as a player, I guess. But uh, but yeah, differing differing points, right? Like it's it's kind of differing extremes. There's not really a happy middle ground. It doesn't seem like unless you're like Minnesota, maybe. But uh, I've I've been meaning to bring this up. I don't know what you said that jogged my memory of this Kyle but to kind of slightly change gears before we get into what we had scheduled to talk to but um or talk about you know in the last couple episodes we've been talking about like what we've been doing to stay busy and all this stuff and chatting with Brad about and Andy before that about you know how people are staying sane and obviously everybody's watching a lot more Netflix than they normally do or at least like the same amount which is still a lot of Netflix have you heard of the show Sunderland till I die I feel like I know the name Sunderland, but not the not the name Sunderland so until I they're die. Like an, yeah. They're like an English soccer team. So they used to be in like okay, a Premier, yeah, Premier League okay. or whatever that used to be in Man U and they've been relegated a few times now. So they're like, you know, I, it, it's not all that important, but they drop down leagues. It's like way less money and all this stuff. But they're like a very working class, you know, like big city, but still like working class, blue collar, hardworking like that value similar things than like the stereotypes of Edmonton even though Edmonton's kind of become a more progressive city in that sense as you know the last five ten years but still that that like Oilers tie it reminded me so much of their fan base but the funny thing is 
And one of the things I wanted to talk about is the, the chance they do at games just for soccer in general. I'm not even a big soccer fan, but I've been watching this show. But it is so wild because this team has been relegated the last few seasons from like 17 to 18 and 18 to 19. They drop down a league, which means you have to finish in like the last two or three teams in the whole league. Mm-hmm. So these diehard fans that have this like Premier League world-class arena or uh, like stadium that they're selling out all the time are playing in like like, high school equivalent stadiums here right like if you were a cfl football team and just like move down right yeah exactly and it but it's like so they're still like they're still in that arena but it's like yeah it's like Mm -hmm. it'd be like a it'd be like a junior like they're higher than like they're still pros but imagine like a junior football game playing like I mean, I guess that's kind of a bad analogy because I was I was just doing stadium size, but yes, I understand. I, I understand. Yeah. What you're so, yeah. but anyways, the the freaking um, the crazy thing and like the passion, man, and it's like almost toxic passion, similar to how Edmonton get it can get at times, and they'll go from like Sunderland's playing well for the first twenty five minutes, but they like can't quite get one by the goalie, and they're like doing their chance, like Sunderland, Sunderland best team in the world like you know I, I butchered that but like shit like that where it's like all this like cocky like we're the greatest team to ever play like all this stuff and then they get scored on and they're like fuck you you fucking wankers you don't deserve <laughs> to wear the shirt like, like just like completely like snap and it's like chaos man and they are struggling but it's wild to watch and i thought like i'm not questioning the oilers fans passion because I, I have a lot of pride of like how passionate we are for NHL fans. But you watch just the culture tie of soccer and how much older that sport has been around in England. And it's not like, that's like, it's like church there, man. Like that's like their religion in that city. And if you're born in Sunderland, it's not like where some people are born in like Edmonton and they're like, oh, I'm a Flames fan. Cause like, I just like Calgary more. It's like, no, you don't, you don't do that there. Like, you get stabbed. You get born in, well, I don't know if you get stabbed, but like, it's just like a culture thing. Like you get born in God, Sunderland and you're a Sunderland that. fan, whether you like soccer or not, you're a Sunderland fan because you're from there. So it's, it's crazy, but long story short, I've been meaning to talk about this show because I'm actually really enjoying it. And yeah, it's, if, you know, if people are bored at home and running out of shit to watch on Netflix, and I, I need to stress that I say this as someone that rips on soccer a lot, and I'm not a big soccer fan at all, but it's just a very well done show. Similar to how you got me into that F1 um, show, Kyle, where like, I'm not a big racing guy at all, but that show got me like into F1. Well, I mean. You just do such a good job of it. I, I mean, it's, it's an entertaining sport, I, I guess to begin with right like just for how the cars are paced like sorry to go on that tangent there but if you want a better sport to watch just for racing wise like indycar is probably there because everybody's uh equal ground but f1 just has so much uh like drama of just rich people being rich people where yeah. it's just juicy just being like you know an average person watching this and just being like watching them slam and shatter glass doors of their manager and stuff because it's <laughs> yeah. just you know you're just like such so ridiculous shit that happens because they crashed a car or whatever and you're like i don't even know what's say right well in weird but, dynamics like team wise that's something i never knew about f1 is that like each team has two drivers and they're like 
on the same team driving the same car, but they, but they do not give a fuck about each other. other. They hate yeah, each they other for the be most like part. The number too. one driver yeah. on that team. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, there's there's drama between teams, but then there's drama on the same <clears throat> team. Like you're just like, like you would think as a team, you're like, okay, I'm paying these drivers. I would assume right millions of dollars. And when yeah. I give you a team order of you let a guy pass or you know you pit first or whatever the, the idea is, right? Like you listen to what the team says, just like you listen to the coach in the Oilers. You're getting paid right. a salary to listen to the leader. But half the time, the drivers are just such prima donnas. They're like, ah, fuck you, dude. I'm going to do what I want. I'm just going to keep going for their lap or two instead or, or whatever the situation yeah. is, right? Um, and it's I, like McDavid I, might come off and if he disagrees with something, Tippett says, not that McDavid's all that outspoken, but like he might say something to Tippett or like not be happy about it. But it's not like he's going to be like, you know, skating as Tippett's trying to get him off, and he's just like, "Yo, fuck you, Tip. I'm not coming off." Like, which is fine no as a team, right? Yeah, you're you're yeah. allowed to talk back to a leader as long as, like, you know, the the leader still has his place, but it, it just it's it's how you go about it. It's yeah, yeah, it, yeah, I guess. But I, I did want to do a callback too, just for like you were talking with the the Oilers kind of um, extremism and fandom here, right? And mm-hmm. I was already seeing a post, and I know we do on this show call back to, to Reddit and Twitter a lot, but on Reddit today, um, I seen a post about what do we do with NSU? And like, what do we uh, do about your inability to say his name? Athanasiu, <laughs> sorry. Athanasiu. Athanasiu, yeah. Uh, I. So ooh, let's jump right into it. I, I mean, you got to resign him. You gave up way too much, but I think it goes oh, cheaper. I, I was saying it as a, in a joke way, like it, oh. like obviously we resigned him, right? But we just gave up two second round picks for him, right? And and the goat and Sam Gagne. Yeah, although he didn't have success like <clears throat> right away, right? He was thrown into a situation where we really didn't get practice as a team together. He coming didn't in, get he to finish out the season. Team. Yeah, he came from a shit team. We didn't get to finish out the season. So like, uh, how is that even a question? Is more my point, right? It's just like. Things like that where it's like, why is that even being brought up? Like, you know, obviously, like, there's there's not even a question to that answer, right? Like, it's not like we would, or sorry, question to that question, answer that question. It's not like we would uh, trade him away right now, right? Like, we, we just traded for him. He didn't have success. You think we're going to get that return back? Like, why would we make that move, right? Like, he's the winger we wanted to bring in. We're having some sort of winger depth now at this point. Yeah, and like yeah. it's yeah. It no, I agree. Sorry, I thought you were asking that as like a legitimate thing, not like making yeah. fun of the guy. No, like no, no, I'm talking, not pointing yeah. out that like that's such a ridiculous question because yeah, it's like you you paid the price to bring in a cost controlled young fast winger that this team desperately needs, and like whether he really had a great performance in his like what 13, 14 games, like that's that's it's so small in the scheme of things, like it's just not a big enough sample size. But one of the things, like, let's, you know, the unfortunate thing about this, you know, the pandemic and one of, I should say, there's lots of unfortunate things. But with hockey being canceled, we've kind of been going off and talking about other stuff. But, like, where do you look at, you know, the priority of players to resign? Because you see some other teams being fairly aggressive with resigning some of their free agents. And Holland hasn't done much. Now, I don't know if he's talking to players and it just hasn't gotten out. Obviously, I feel like now with the pandemic, it's, it's almost easier to control information because there's not really people hanging around physically. Like, yeah. you can call yeah. an agent and, like, no one's going to know you called that agent. True. Um, what, do you, what are, like, are we, you know, obviously Bear is up there. 
as well as Athanasiu, both RFAs. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure calls have happened from Holland and, you know, the associated agents with the players we need to resign. But but I wouldn't think that his plan is rushed by any means. I mean, it's, it's only at the point where we're recording, right? April 17th. So... Like it's what just just the first week of playoffs, end of the first week of playoffs that we're in. If it if it would have gone as normal, right? Oh, that's sad too. But uh, but really, like until July first, like the off season point. Um, and if we get to that that point in in a quarantine here where we're still um, like not watching hockey, there's no not even like any games without fans at them, right? Like they, it's still just not going. Then then I think you start looking at like re-signing players for the next year because like we've talked about before, I I, I think that the season would get pushed. I don't even know what happened. I'm not going well, you know to, no, I don't know, but where we've talked just, about that so much. Yeah. Paul, I'm not going to do it, but just, like, but just, I, I think you wouldn't even look at it until almost like a normal situation anyways. Right. Like beginning of July end of June is where I'm kind of looking at re-signing players. And, and that's where I start focusing on it until that point. Like, what's the difference really like you still own them <clears throat> chances are those contracts are getting extended until you hear and the general manager should be the first to hear it from the commissioner i'm not concerned about the rfas it's like one of those things of the UFAs, oh, ufas i'm but, saying like the, but like I, i'm assuming their contract right like it, it'll it, oh my god sorry i can't talk it'll get extended holland will be the first person to know it because the commissioner is going to be the first person to say yeah and like they're going to have to have gm and owner meetings and stuff so i mean at at that point like then you'll see if it if it's becoming like a pushback on the season then i i think we'll see like holland start making really aggressive re-signing of ufas you know what it is kyle yeah it's because they don't know where the cap's gonna be I heard there's a rumor that they started sending out to players that it was going to be a, a firm cap to next year, like 81.5. Again? Yeah. But again, just a rumor. I've seen it on Reddit. That'd um, be interesting. On our hockey, yeah. But Because it, it, it is one of those things, like, I mean, what's the incentive of a GM to re-sign based off what they think the cap might be? And then if it comes in lower, that's going to lower the market and you might have been able to just get that player for cheaper. Exactly. Like, you know, it's not going to be higher than people expect. It's going to either be like around the same or it might even drop depending on how much their revenue was hit. Interesting. Anyways, we, I just want to, I do just want to speculate. Sorry. I know, I know you want to move on there, but just, just one last thing. The new TV deal, right? That's next summer, correct? That is the summer after. Okay. So I was going to say the, if, the revenue from Seattle, which kicks in next summer, like summer of 2021, you won't see the revenue stream until the next year. And that's the same year that the TV deal kicks in. So it's like a double whammy in the summer of 2022. Okay. So going into the 2022, 23 season, we're likely to see like a very substantial cap increase. Okay. I was going to speculate, but no problem. Move on. Go. Cool. Cool. So we, you know, unfortunately last week, we had recorded with Brad on Friday evening and we talked about the Colby cave situation a little bit. And we obviously, you know, everybody's been talking about it at length and a lot on social media and whatever else this last week. But since we didn't really get our chance to, you know, send our condolences on air, we obviously did want to like bring that up again um, that he did pass away Saturday. And yeah, man, I mean, I don't have a ton to say cause I don't really, I'm at a little bit of a loss 
And I think a lot of people have already kind of said what needs to be said, but it's, it's just like such an absolute devastating blow right now for this like organization, the, the community, the fan base. I, I, I can't even imagine based off the state of the world in our society right now, what that family's going through. Like it's already such a stressful time. And like with his wife, Emily, I'm just like, man, I feel is so absolutely terrible for her. I, I can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, sorry, I obviously care about him as a, as a fan and, and all that. Right. But like, to me, it's not, it's not him as a hockey player and all that as much as that's important still, right. And what he's achieved, like, I'm not trying to take it away. It's like, it, just what you said, like, I, I feel so much for, for first off, like him, for how devastating that is to happen to him and everything that he's gone through and fought through. What he lost, the yeah. He is and like, and all that. Right. But, but as well, like, you know, his family and, and him and his new wife, Emily, right. Like they hadn't, even, haven't even been together for a year like hadn't had their first anniversary and he was taken away from her. Right. Like just 25 years old, absolutely devastating, like absolute travesty, man. And, and yeah, I know we had talked about it last episode, but it was, it was in the first couple, couple days. Right. And at that point, it was um, the next day after we recorded. Yeah. uh, But I mean, it it happened quick. Right. I mean, it was what, two, three days he was in the hospital. Right. Like we didn't expect for him. It was like the better part of a but, week, not a quite a full week, but yeah, like but, it, but it nonetheless, we didn't expect him the next day sure. to fucking you know pass yeah. away, right? And it was such a quick decline, unfortunately. I guess the one thing I take away from this, and I know it's super, super cliche, man, but it's one of those things that I mean, that was a healthy 25-year-old man in peak physical condition, and you saw how quickly his life was taken from him. And I mean, the state of that we're in as, as a world in this crisis. And I mean, it, it's, they're all big reminders to not take the shit for granted. And it, I mean, it, it's an absolute, absolute tragedy, but there's always, you know, things to take away from those, I guess is, is my point. So um, yeah, I mean, I mean, be grateful for, for all of us being here and, and it could be a lot worse, I guess, when you, when you think of what some people, and I mean, not, not to, say that they're the only ones either like i mean kyle i know i knew you mentioned that your girlfriend had a death in the family recently and it's like there's a lot of people going through like everyday tragedies that are compounding with this stuff and it it makes it harder so it's you know it's something that even though every a lot of people are going through a very stressful time there's some things to be grateful for too and for those of us that are healthy and and continuing to live you know even though it impacted, but it's still a somewhat normal life. Like that's something to be grateful for. So I do want to mention to you before we move on and, and get on to the, you know, the other hockey talk and everything else with the podcast. I do want to mention too, that we're kind of awaiting more details on the Colby cave Memorial fund. So we know that it was uh, set up to support mental health initiatives and pro- programs providing access to sports for underprivileged children. And that's obviously partnered with the cave family and the Oilers organization, as well as Emily is going to be kind of like the, like running it more or less, like kind of picking where that goes from my understanding. So we're still kind of from the, what I've seen, we're still kind of waiting for more details of like a website getting set up and, and where to donate and things like that. But that's something definitely to, you know, to, to monitor and, and, you know, times are tough for a lot of people, but 
if you have a little bit of extra money, that might be something, you know, good to spend a little bit of money on to help out. So I know that's definitely something I'm going to be considering once that fully gets set up. And, you know, I, I think, and I think there's going to be a big amount of support from oil country in that and like just the community and, and not only oil country, like, I mean, credit where credit is due, even like, you know, you mentioned before Kyle talking about the subreddits and, and Reddit, the flame subreddit right away was like, more or less had like a couple posts and like all their users were saying like, Hey, we know we like hate these guys, but there's some things that are way more important than hockey and like, like they're mourning right now. And like more or less like really, really showing some good, like wholesome support for that. So it's the whole hockey community lost somebody at that point. Right. Like, yeah. Sorry for getting ranty there, but no, I'm very curious to, to look into that fund. I, I just want to say too, like, uh, since we're close to Brad and we just had him last episode as well, which we'll move into. Right. But, but yeah, I, again, like the credit where credit's due, Calgary stepped up and, and so has Edmonton when we were going through like the Kachuk and Cassian scenario with the battle of Alberta. Right. Uh, both sides have dealt with it in the right way and donating to, to charities or proper causes. Right. And, and that's the best way to keep this rivalry going. Cause it's, you want to hate your friend, right? You don't want to hate somebody so bad that it becomes like a, you know, Philadelphia and Boston situation or, or whatever, right. Where you like really hate somebody and hate them for being them. It, it's fun to just have civil banter. Right. And, and it's also nice to have, although there are enemies in quotations, right. And, and, and without the quotations as well, um, they're, they're there for us too. And they're our brothers just to the South. We're in the same province, right? So definitely. Respect I think you hit flakes. it right yeah. on the head there, man. Like yeah. it's one of those things that like on the ice, you know, we saw the battle of Alberta escalate to levels that it hasn't been in decades this year. And everyone loved that, that passion and that intensity and that, like downright that violence. But it's important to, you know, express that, that passion and that violence or whatever you have through the game of hockey and realize that, yeah, when you get out of hockey and real life shit happens, at the end of the day, like Edmonton and Calgary were provincial brothers and sisters and part of the same country. And I mean, at the end of the day, we have a lot more in common with those people or, and vice versa than a lot of hockey fans like to think at the end of the day, we cheer for different hockey teams. And I, I love that passion. I'm not saying like, Oh, people shouldn't take it so seriously as far as like the rivalry. Cause I, I love that shit, but yeah, there, you know, at the end of the day, we're all going through very, very similar things and, and they're supporting each other. So I would, I, I would say a lot of people are like married to flames fans and whatever else. Right. Like I would say to you, John, like tie. I'm not trying to move on from like the whole flames thing, but I, I definitely don't hate the flames as much as I hate a couple people from Florida right now. <laughs> And I know that might be like a glancing over what we just went through, but I, I think we need to talk about like, 60, yeah. yeah. The Grip Per 60, 60 podcast yeah. is the Winnipeg Jets affiliate on the Hockey Podcast Network. And, you know, I, I've been, you know, I've been talking with Brad about this too. And I think it's one of the things about running a podcast. You don't listen as much to podcasts i'm still a very big podcast fan but when you're doing it it, it's a little a lot more time invested into it and you kind of just maybe not checking out joe rogan's podcast as frequently right but i've made it the effort the last like month or so where i'm trying to 
listen to at least one episode from every single podcast around the network. And a lot of these guys, like we haven't had the chance of talking to yet. We've talked to a lot of them, but some of them we don't know as well. So Winnipeg happened to be up this week. And I had, you know, had a little bit of a, I wouldn't even say Twitter beef, but some Twitter debate, I guess. And I admit I, I probably lost because I wasn't really on my A game on Twitter, but more or less they were talking about some vote. I can't remember if it was through like ESPN, like some fan vote of all the awards. And they were vouching for Hellebuck winning the Vesna, which is completely fair. And then they were more or less making an argument that he's the heart winner too. And I was just trying to be a smart ass and I posted like kind of Vesna sure and then heart question mark and then posted a gif of Leon and Connor like laughing on the bench. And then they decided like any rational hockey fan to go after Leon's defense. Because when you have a guy that puts up numbers like Mario Lemieux did in the 90s, what else is there to go after, right? Like, there's not really much else to, to attack. The dude is the epitome of a power forward. He's an absolute filthy passer and can score 50 goals back-to-back seasons, or would have most likely anyways, and hopefully still will when the season gets played out. But I understand the, like, there's bias on both sides here, which is something we, we just need to preface this with, Kyle. So... It, it worked out nicely. And I wasn't even really expecting them to say anything on their podcast. But then based off their tone at the start, I was like, because they named it Burnt Oil, I think, because that was the name of their episode. Like that, yeah. yeah, or like Oil Spill, something like that. But anyways, so at, right off the get-go, I was like, oh, shit, like they're going to they're gonna talk about this because I, I didn't really have my feathers ruffled all that much. And maybe they thought I did. And they came out with some, I mean, relevant stats as far as, Expected goals for, expected goals against with Drysaddle as well as his shooting metrics. So more or less where the opposition is getting their shots from as far as high danger areas and low danger areas when Leon's on the ice versus when he's off. And they're valid stats. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to argue against that. But the one thing with advanced stats, they definitely don't paint the full picture. And I think it's safe to say, Kyle, that Leon's definitely his defense has improved substantially even over this last year. So I'm curious, like going into next season, I think you might see over the course of a season kind of some different, a, a different image there, I guess. Yeah. So although they didn't say it in their podcast and, and I, first off, I just want to say, I think hate's a strong word. So I don't mean that you guys, in case you listen. Um, yeah, no, there were big guys. Yeah, I was just movies. trying to transition. You guys are actually cool with us. So, yeah, but, but fuck uh, those guys. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so they they kind of went off like points being the only thing that matters, right? And or, or at least like that's the the talk for Drysaddle compared right. to like everything else <laughs> that uh, that he has done or or that Hellebuck's done for for their team. Which I I will say like the whole argument they have for Hellebuck, like I totally agree with them on i i think that he deserves to be a finalist in that conversation i do think that like winnipeg had one of the weakest defenses in the league right like there was that stat at the beginning of the season where right like the average team had i think it was like 1200 or something games played in their defense 
Um, but they had like 360. I'm, I mean, I'm just talking off the top of my lost, head. But like, they went from having a good defense to losing their whole right side of their defense in one summer. Yeah. So, so agreed. Like, you know, <clears throat> and for, one for of the, them still on the play or the paycheck too. Yeah. Right. And like, I, I think actually just as today, right. Just retired. I think. Yeah. I he, seen a bunch well, of, not retired. Yeah. His like contract was terminated, I believe. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but I mean, yeah, so so I understand that argument, and I and I, I to to a point, I completely agree with it, right? And as like, far as guys that can like, this is going to be really ironic coming from an Oilers fan, given our last like 10, 15 years. But as far as guys that can identify bad defense, there's not many better fans in the NHL that can do that, other than Jets fans right now. Yeah, so I would say that where the like points conversation falls off right is and and again they did not say this on their podcast but a lot of people argue that dry gets carried by mcdavid still to this to this day right that he's played on the same line with him and has been set up for they did a not lot make of what he's that mistake, they, luckily yeah. they they didn't luckily but a lot of people still do right and and so at least for the point's sake we've seen mcdavid get injured and we've seen dry still if if not, um, like, you know, by himself, like you just hero, this team, like became super scion, right? Like just almost, almost became an, an essence of the playoff, like duck hunter dry cycle that we've seen. Right. And just brought the team on his back and continued to carry the team. Like what McDavid usually has to right or had to in the past. And, uh, and and then just just to go back to right like they split up McDavid and Drysaddle and Drysaddle's been on the quote unquote second line even though it might be playing like our first but they've split yeah, them that's up. That's probably he, the first line, but yeah, they did. They did right, but but I mean he he's had to work with different line mates as well, it, just like McDavid had to in the past, right? When McDavid won the heart, and I I don't know I I I feel like with McDavid going out of the lineup dry settle continuing to bring this team to the same level as when the you know arguably with just crosby greatest player in the world today right um and he kept at that level like usually it goes to a forward the heart trophy uh, unless a, a goaltender like really really steals it right kyle let's let's yeah. look at so i i think the like mvp versus best player debate is something that I'd like to talk about. Okay. I'm just thinking, let's let's play some clips from these guys' episode and just kind of have a little bit of a rebuttal. And I'm curious, maybe we're, we're going to have to have some type of collaboration with these boys at some point and, and hash this out. But as of right now, they kind of had their chance to, uh, to you know, fire, fire at us a little bit. So let's, let's have a reply is what I'm kind of thinking. Are you cool with that? Speaking of Canadians mad at us, I, so full disclosure, I'm pretty much the one who runs the Twitter account. Yes. Uh, shameless plug, at GritPer60Pod. Follow at GritPer60Pod and you will get Brendan roasting Oilers fans. Again, full disclosure, like, I'm sure the guys over at the Oilers pod are very nice. Yes. They seem like very cool people. We yes. don't hate them at all. Nope. I just not so happen to the Oilers. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just speaking of teams that I love to make fun of, the Edmonton Oilers. Oh yeah, that organ just organizationally, love it. Love making fun of them. Oh, it's so easy. So easy. 
I mean, that's what part of it. It's probably it's something. Okay, can we just start there? For <laughs> we didn't make it very far at all. I get it with the Oilers being easy to make fun of, but like, are we are we serious with the Jets? Like, they they couldn't even keep their team there. Like, I feel like it's it's like. I, I don't know. It, it, I, I feel like it's a little hypocritical. Yeah. Like they're literally the furthest most South state and they picked the further furthest most NHL team. And it, it maybe is it from like Atlanta? I don't, I don't fucking know. I don't know geography in the state states very well. How close is Florida and Georgia? They, they literally share a border, John. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So I was pretty close. I'm I'm on the right like rationale here. <laughs> Those dudes literally didn't know there was oil in Edmonton. So or like one of them, sorry. Yeah, I <laughs> agreed. But I mean, is geography what we're gonna shit on Americans no. for? Like <laughs> I just I feel I just, like I that's easy stop. picking, just like they were saying, you know, picking on the oilers is easy picking. It, it just has become like a trend topic to pick on the Oilers. Like that, that's it, right? Like, it like is. I, I mean, said, we've it's been easy. shitty for decades or yeah. like a decade and plus. Sorry, let's listen to more. I was like, I should really stop because it's so easy. But then I'm like, but it's so much fun. Hashtag free McJesus. I feel like get him out of that crap city. I feel like Edmonton fans are just like Toronto. It's except like. They have like the the big ego of like a small town, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! So I'm speechless. That is like whew. they call us Toronto fans. I also don't get the like the they McGee's have a big like, ego of a small town. Like I don't. I think that Oilers fans have been humbled, it. if anything. Like that's. I mean, we're pretty fucking loud, but like still, like. Toronto? That's a big reach, man. It's a big reach. I'd say, like... I mean, who's the next closest to Toronto? I'm not trying to offend these jabronis, but still. Montreal? Yeah, Montreal or Vancouver. And, like, all big cities. Vancouver doesn't even... I don't even think they care about their hockey team that much, though. Only when they're good. They're more like fair weather. I don't even have anything to say. That one hurt, though. Like that's that's a that's a bold goddamn statement. Brendan, let me ask you this: If you were voting for the Hart Trophy, who would you select? I'm still thinking Connor Hellebuck. I'm sorry, <laughs> and not Leon Dreisaitl. Not definitely not Leon not Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl. Um So you're like, here's the thing: Whenever, uh, so in case you missed it on our Twitter account, I yes, uh, quote retweeted it an ESPN article talking about how um, hockey fans voted for NHL awards. Yes. And I quote retweeted, and I said something like, um, if you're picking Hellebuck over the Vezina, or, or no, I think it was the only person you should vote for for the Vezina is Connor Hellebuck, and maybe even the Hart too, or something along the lines yep. of that. And um, the Oilers podcast here, the... Uh, the Hockey Podcast Network. I don't remember the name of the podcast. Yeah, we should but, look that up. Um, Didn't even remember our name. They kind of... We got into a back and forth about... Um, 
Hellbuck versus Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl, which is a very odd comparison to try to make, trying to compare goalies to any type of skater, is just awkward, because it's difficult to evaluate the way both of those uh, positions contribute to the game. Yeah, sorry. Uh, the Oil Country Podcast. The Oil Country yes. Podcast. Sorry, okay. friends. Is there actual oil in Edmonton? Or I'm, I would assume so. I thought they moved or something, and that's they just kept the name. No. Huh? That's the Flames. That's the Flames? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now I've got all of Alberta. That's why... Um, yeah, that's just fine. Alberta doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um... But oh no, that, that's why you have, like, the old Flames jerseys with, like, the A that's on fire. Oh, yeah. Because they were from the, Atlanta. The, uh, yes. Because Atlanta named the their team. Atlanta named their hockey team Atlanta after Flames. a thing that burned down their city. Yeah. And not really sure why teams do that, like, with the Carolina yeah. Hurricanes. <laughs> Don't know why people do that, but no, they no. did that. And then they moved to Calgary, and they're like, eh, it's fine. It's not as bad as the New Orleans Jazz moving to Utah and still being the Jazz. I don't know about you. I don't think there are that many no. Mormon jazz musicians. There could be. There's going to be like three of them. But I get your point. Yes. But, um, yeah, so... I, I just felt like... I mean, yes, if you take all... If you go on NHL.com... And you go to yep. the stats page and you sort by points. Yeah. And that is the only thing you value. And that's the only thing you're looking for when you are trying to decide what is the most valuable player. Yes. <laughs> Leon Dreisaitl is objectively the most but valuable player. In the we league. have a trophy for that. And it's not the Hart Trophy. It's the Art Ross. He already gets an award for that. Though I suppose it's like... I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about Hellebuck. I mean, they have a I, thing called the Bezina. I mean, but you're changing the scope there. Yes, I guess that's fair. So you're, go, you're going... With the Bezina, you're going, he's the best goalie in the league. With the Hart, you're going, he's the best player in the league. I guess I guess what you're saying is with the Bezina, there's no thing that, like... It's not just, like, the leader in save percentage. Or, dear yeah. God, it definitely not... <laughs> no. Better not be the, winner, <laughs> the leader in wins. Okay. We got a lot to unpack there. I feel like I let that go for too long, so it might be hard to remember everything they said because I'm a couple of years deep. First off, can we talk about what it takes to put up points in the NHL? Like, I feel like these guys are so quickly disregarding of like, oh, if all we're going to factor is just like, you know, putting up points in the NHL, then yeah, maybe he should win that award. And it's like, let's look at the ability and look at the players that have led the league in scoring over the course of the history of the NHL. Minus like Jamie Benn, who had one out like weird year. And I mean, he's still a really good player. He's having a rough time here. But nonetheless, like the skill and the value, which is something they never said, value as in most valuable player, which if I'm not mistaken, is the Hart Trophy. It's not the best player. It's not the most talented player, which honestly kind of goes to their argument, which is what I kind of surprised me that they didn't go after. Or if you're talking about Hellebuck, because like ask any NHL fan if Connor Hellebuck is the best player in the NHL, and the answer is a firm no, other than two Jets fans from Florida. 
Now, for value, we could talk about maybe, maybe Hellebuck brought more to his team than Drysaddle did. Maybe. But I also think that's not, it's kind of been proven that that's not really how that award works. Is that fair? Like, are you picking up what I'm putting down here? Yeah, no, of course I agree, John. Like, like I mean, I we're, we're biased Sorry. too, right? Oh, for sure. Like, I 100% agree. But I think that, I mean, I, I just feel like they talked a lot of shit about the Oilers in general and really just called out dry settle for just having the most points and that's not a big deal. And then you, you know, right there refute it. And, and, and like you say, Hellebuck, you know, you ask anybody or any fan in the league, like, yeah, he's obviously not the MVP if you were going to say who is the standout player of this. And and that might be, like, against goalies too, right? Because they're a little bit hidden. And and I kind of agree with them in the fact that, you know, like, there's a conversation to be had there for sure. But I don't think there is. I, I think that, like, Hellebuck deserves a nomination is my point. But I don't... Sure. Yeah, I, I, I just... And I think this is one of the most runaway years for the Hart Trophy. Mm-hmm. Just that, you know, Drysaddle can lead, like, it's 13 over McDavid, but 15 over Pasenak, right? In Boston, who dominated for most of the season, although the Oilers did very well, right? We went through a pretty hard stretch through December. And McDavid and Drysaddle continue to have that point pace. And to talk shit about our defense when, you know, you're from Winnipeg and that's your issue too. Like, it's the same thing. It's like our offense has had to keep up our defense, right? Like team defense, uh, although our like structured defense has been better, I'd say, right? Hellebuck had to prop up his team too. So I I, I would he, say he did, I see the argument like, from both sides, right? It's still but like, I mean, for one... And we're only like three points separated, but I think the Oilers have played less games, if I'm not mistaken. No, we've played the same amount. So we have three more points than they do at at this stage in the season. But it's still... Like, Hellebuck definitely propped up his team, but I know this is going to be hilarious coming from an Oilers fan, but according to points percentage, if they ended the year right now and evened it all out, the Jets missed the playoffs. And we all know... What do we all know, Kyle? Repeat after uh, me. You can't win the Hart Trophy if you if don't, you don't make, the make the playoffs. Because <laughs> Hall will get it instead. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of my argument with this trophy in general. Like, you're talking about a forward that is putting up unprecedented numbers since the year 2000. Minus that crazy year where Crosby put up like stupid, stupid, filthy numbers. And so did Ovechkin. But it's like, we're, we're talking about a, a trophy that should be the most valuable. Who brings the most value to their team? But honestly, again, I know I'm biased. I know we're biased. But you look back to, what was that, 2017, 2018, when Hall won? I'm sorry, but like, Oilers were still a bad team and we missed the playoffs that year. We would have been the worst team in the NHL without McDavid that year. He was definitely the, the most valuable player in the league to his team. He, he fucking drug us from being God, God awful 
to being like, yeah, maybe they'll make the playoffs with like a month left. But you don't make the playoffs and you're not going to win. Hart had more, or Hall had more points. Boom. I, I want to say, trophy. I want to say to John, right? Like we as Oilers fans also know like the point perspective going against us because for McDavid's rookie year, right? Is Calder. We didn't get that because basically Panarin had more points than him. And because McDavid was hurt for like half the year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So he wasn't given the chance, but like point per game wise was a better player. Wasn't playing on a line with Patrick Kane. Right. And that doesn't take away from Panarin. He's still one of the greatest players in hockey today. Right. That And just like our argument is not taken away from Hellebuck. And I understand like why they would have that argument there. I might, that that might be giving them credit saying that like Hellebuck is like McDavid, but Still, right? Like, I understand where they're sitting in the argument's sake, right? Thinking that their player is better than the one put ahead. But in the NHL, like, grand scheme of view and how awards are handed out, it's historically been points, right? Like, just let alone that's going to be the deciding factor, I think. On top of everything else you've said. like, Let's put it this way. If Shifley had the exact same year that Dreisaitl had, and Hellebuck had the same year, and and Winnipeg was in the same position. Yeah, for they sure. would be arguing for Shifley to be the heart winner. It wouldn't be for Hellebuck. And he he drugged them. I mean, he 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 fully deserves the Vesna. I'm not taking anything away, but it's just like the thing that dumbfounds me. And I know they were kind of trolling a little bit, but it's just the like if all we're going to take into effect is points, and it's like I'm sorry, but that's the most important thing in the game. Dreisaitl is one of the most versatile players. He's the best player in the world right now. As far as this season, he was the best player in the NHL. Bar none. And honestly, even with McDavid, like, Pasternak's probably second. It just, I don't know, man. I feel like it's tough to make a legitimate argument for a goalie, even with the year Hellebuck's had too. Because you don't play every game. And Hellebuck played a lot this year. He was up over like 60 games already and like 71 played. But still, like you just missed that much time. I don't know. I like I, I just think that there's an argument there. That's it. I just don't think it deserves the like laughing at Dry Sigil like he deserves some sort of throwback for his descent or sorry, defensive lapses um compared to what he put out offensively, right? Like, there's a lot of games that were won. I don't have the stat in front of me, right? But there was where Drysdale scored. We had won, like, high 20s, low 30s amount of games and lost a very low amount. Whereas if he didn't score in, we pretty much lost the majority of games, right? I think we won, like, four or five. And, and like, just to have that effect as a player, right? Like, he he in that term is like carrying the team more than most other forwards. He he has to have an impact in the game for the team to succeed. I don't know. It's just it, that's it's, a really good point, as well as I feel like on the defensive side that they were kind of picking apart. It's tough because for one, the Oilers gave up a shit ton of shots as a team. So that's going to skew your numbers a little bit. As well as I feel like with dry, talking about dry's D, and I know they kind of chuckled at this, but it's also like I had said on Twitter that like, watch the games, like your advanced stats and I'm not negative advanced stats, but they they tell a percentage of the picture. They paint a percentage of the picture. 
And any Oilers fan will tell you that Dry definitely had moments where he struggled defensively. I'm not trying to argue. I know me and Kyle kind of talked about towards the end of the year where he was really, really hot and stepping up when McDavid was hurt that he could get, he should get Selkie votes. Now I don't think he's there yet, but he took a huge step defensively this year and he came up huge in big moments when it, when the game was on the line defensively. So to say like my argument was, I think Dry's at least an average defender. I don't think he's a terrible defender. Is he inconsistent defensively? Defensively, a hundred percent. I'll concede that he has his moments. He's still a young twenty-four-year-old player that still makes fairly big mistakes on the defensive end at times. And also another thing that the numbers skew. I just I don't think the expected goals either. It's a solid stat. It's definitely not imperfect though. You look at so many really good goal scorers, and they have terrible expected goal for percentage and it just they, they they skew it they score from angles they're not supposed to we can move on though sorry i'm not yeah. we we ranted a lot about this and i'm honestly i'm pulling a kyle from last episode and i've had too many beers i'm not forming thoughts well enough so <laughs> yeah i think i'm still hung over from last episode that was embarrassing <laughs> I, I had to edit that and i was like oh my god i can't believe i'm putting this out right now i'm sending this okay it's gone all right kyle texted me the last uh the last um dude sorry, the I, day the day sorry, he was before you could before you continue more john you wanted to cut it I, well, I, I just want to say, like, I got these, uh, like, I used to drink Pilsner, okay? And I know it's like sewer water piss beer, all right? Yeah. But I, I was born in Saskatchewan, so there's some sort of, like, cultural heritage yeah, it's in attached your blood. to that beer, that piss right? piss water's in your blood. Yeah. It's just like you, the math is in Floridian, Floridian's blood. <laughs> you, you know it, man. So they, they uh, at the Depanure here, like the bodega or whatever, like, convenience store. You're saying a bunch of words. Right? I know. Okay, there you go. Okay. Convenience um, <laughs> They, I'm sure they have it out there, but it's 6.1% Pilsner, Whew. right? Like strong beer. Yeah. So yeah. I had, I had two of those, um, as we were doing our like pre-talk for 50 minutes. And then when we started, I had like four more during the show and like the last two, I got so loud and dude, I was like, my God, I'm <laughs> apparently like, I want to call myself a light bait, lightweight, but those beers are strong. Like, holy fuck. Yeah. After Vegas, I took a full month off drinking. Not that I thought I had a problem, but it was more or less I just like, you know, I casually drink a lot and like go go out for weekends or go on a vacation. I'm like, yeah, I get drunk and, you know, go to a hockey game and get drunk or event or whatever. So I was like, I took a month off with like not a sip of alcohol the month of the month of March. And I went, I got on days off work on the first. And I literally had half of a Stella and I was tipsy. Like that's the other thing is like it's nuts. And you're not a huge, like, you're not a big, like, regular drinker, are you? I mean, I drink, like, once a week, probably. Okay. You know, and not, like, binge it. Yeah, but, like, have some beers kind of thing. It was funny because, like, I was just trying to keep you guys on track. Brad was, like, borderline slurring by the end of it, which is hilarious because we've chatted with him a lot. I thought it was a really good episode. Oh, I had fun. I was just like, oh my God, I feel like I'm actually like in the bar hanging out with my boys right now. Like I'm getting loud. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We do have two more things we wanted to talk about before we wrap her up today. Um, The Gretzky versus Ovechkin NHL 20 video game going on. So they're, for anyone that hasn't heard, so they're streaming that on the Washington Capitals Twitch. If you don't know what that is, just Google it and it'll take you right there. 
April 22nd. I mean, I'm pretty sure most people that are listening are probably pretty young and know what Twitch is. But anyways, April 22nd, they're streaming that. So it's going to be Gretzky and his son. Uh, what was his name? I had it written down here. Tristan. It's like a 19-year-old son. Who's, so you're going to assume he probably plays a fair amount of chill. And versus Ovechkin, who I don't think plays very much chill either. He's more of a cod guy. But he has John, quotation, John Wayne, end quote, Casagranda, who placed second in the NHL Gaming World Championship last year on his side. That's Is such there, like, does, what? does Gretzky have any shot? I mean, if it was like any based other person, off what yeah, I don't know anything that's... about esports, but this guy appears to be the second best NHL EA NHL 20 gamer in the world. I'm, I, I mean, I know you made fun of me before on the show, so whatever. I mean, like, I play competitive NHL, yeah, 20, and I, I mean, I play with a group of guys where we steamroll people like we're probably one of the top sixes teams in the world right now and even at that like i wouldn't go one-on-one like two-on-two with somebody that dominates in versus type shit like it's it's another game like i i don't know man like i just like i'm not i'm not an esports professional you know type thing like i just i play high level like uh, like it's, it's like it's, competitive sixes. The yeah, other thing here it, is yeah. two on two. Anyone that's played NHL, I feel like so. This Cassandra guy, the John Wayne guy, let's assume, like, I, I don't know much about the NHL Gaming World Championship, but I'm gonna go ahead and assume that's like one on one, like it's pretty much hot. It's versus, yeah, yeah. So it's like one on one versus. I, you ever played like a sports game and you play it all the time, like one on one online, and you get really good at it? And then you just get even like another good player and you're playing twos now and it just, you suck because it's so different playing with someone else. That is the only hope in hell that Wayne has. Well, I mean, yeah. That him and his I, son play like all the time. So they're actually like not God awful at twos. And the John Wayne guy, like Ovechkin's just going to fuck him up so much. Yeah. They have to like keep <laughs> remembering. I mean, me and you tried that on your hut one time, right? Like, yeah. We're, and like, like we're, we're both back, like, I mean, new. you're better than I am for sure at NHL, but like I play a lot more hut than you do too. So it's like, or did I haven't played in months. I'm done with that freaking bullshit mode. But anyways, that's beside the point. Um, they the, also the do other have thing, a, sorry, I just want to say on. the other thing that Gretzky has going for him is that even though I play that game, like every day, that game is absolute trash. It's total shit. So like anything can go in. So yeah. it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. like that game literally fucking goals. sucks. It's an embarrassing game. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, the last thing I wanted to say about that, Kyle, I do come, that's a good point though. Like there's anything can happen. Um, they're also doing a hockey at home joint interview on Monday night on Sportsnet. So that's Monday that this episode is going to drop, which is, what is that? 18, 19, 20th. Um, so yeah. So check that out tonight, I guess. Uh, I, I think it'll be a good interview. I mean, Ovechkin's a fucking character. I'm just hoping Wayne doesn't talk over Ovechkin as much as Wayne did to Connor. I don't, did you see that that interview like a couple of week or two ago? I did see it. I didn't think it was that bad. Was I? Mean, I don't he think got it was that bad, but times, it was like we're worse. It's, to it's each like other. Wayne was me. Like, like that's sorry, that's a bad thing. But I, I get ranty and I talk over you a lot on this podcast. Did. Sorry, John, John, before you continue, I'm going to talk over you too. Did you just compare yourself to Wayne Gretzky? Well, to be fair, I compared you to McDavid. I compared you to McDavid, though, too. Like, it's it's all relative. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. (laughs) Like, 
you know, we're, we're like 50 million bars below, but we're on like the same level. Like you and I are on the same level as McDavid and Gretzky, which is par, you know, because McDavid's the next great one. That's all I'm going to say. What did it, okay, I think it is really cool. Like we were bitching about the NHL and them just like not taking advantage of the marketing opportunities this, this pandemic has presented and yeah. trying to grow the game while everybody's at home. I think, I don't know exactly. I think this was more sports net and like partnerships doing it, but what either, or I think this thing is awesome because I think there's so much discussion with the Ovechkin chasing Gretzky's goal record. And I think you're starting to see that relationship form between them because Gretzky's also said that like, he wants to be there when Ovechkin breaks his goal record. So you're already kind of starting to see this where like Gretzky's rooting for him. They're talking about if it's going to happen. They're setting up this as like this big stage event. And like, do you remember when I'm not even a baseball guy, but I remember when Barry Bonds broke the home run record. And like, I remember watching sports center every night and it was like, it was a fucking like the, the first thing, no matter what was San Francisco's game. And it was like, Barry Bonds at bat, Barry Bonds at bat. Like, when's he going to hit that home run? Because he was tied. And, like, that's what they're building this up to be eventually, which I think is a great thing. And they're, they're kind of forming that relationship and that, that bond, and they're going to talk about it and be open about it and hopefully candid and have a good time. And, I mean, cool. I, I think Ovi's such a freaking crazy character too. Well, dude, like, I, totally. I'm looking forward to that interview. Totally agreed with you. And, I mean, although it's a small step, they're taking a step in the right direction for what we just asked for last week, right? Like with doing something that gives way some more players personality and, and yeah, you know, they've been doing small things here and there. Like, I don't want to just make this sound like it's the first thing that they've ever done to show that off. But uh, yeah, I mean, th- this is the time if any, during the quarantine, like we've already said, right. Like to get that content out and hopefully a lot of people, because again, like are thirsty for media watch that. And that's that's a good insight for the NHL. Like, you know, like people want that kind of uh, entertainment. So hopefully all of our listeners, I know me and you will be watching and I'm sure. So, you know, watch it and, and don't necessarily watch it. Even, even if you don't like video games, like it's it's really not about that. It's about the I conversation that's going to happen. I don't watch video games streaming at all and I'm going to watch this thing. Like, for Yeah, sure. I mean, I, like, I think I've probably watched like maybe an hour of streaming. And it's been mostly for like, if I like a person's personality has nothing to do with the video. Yeah. And like, yeah. exactly. And I get yeah. like, I'm not, I always said that, like, you know, the thing that uh, like everybody's doing it, but United Cycles has been doing the big thing where they have uh, Dusty Nielsen from uh, TSN 1260. And he does the play-by-play of like the playoffs. They're like, it's like Flames versus Oilers right now. Yeah. I'm not really into streaming, but I have been like skimming through some of them just because Dusty's calling them. And it's like, I, I get it. They do, they do a good job of some of them, but it's just kind of not my thing when it comes to like watching streams. That's it. Um, yeah. But I, but I, I would, think as I far as like the marketing yeah. Yeah. and as far as the marketing, Kyle, we, everybody always talks about like, you know, like the, like McDavid's, the Crosby's, the McKinnon's. And it's like, maybe it's just because we're in Canada, but it's kind of that like good old Canadian hockey player. Ovechkin is a guy this, this league should market around. He's weird. He's funny. He's got like enough of a, like, with that accent and like a little bit like not great at English, even though it's improved so much where he kind of says funny's the shit, like where he's like, we're not going to, what did he say? We're not going to be fucking sucked this year. 
Yeah, I think it was that. Yeah, pretty that sure. That was like right the year they won the cup. And then like after he like shouted that loaded on their parade, they're like, we're not <laughs> going to be fucking sucked this year. And like, <laughs> it's just like shit like that where it's like, it's funny and like kind of a, almost like a cute way where it's like, oh man, like we get it. You're like English isn't your first language. It's, so Dude, it's funny. I know like, it's the, <laughs> I know it's the same vein, like another like Russian and you know, ESL, yeah, I'm not trying to be disrespectful there either but. at all, but just like that same kind of comedic figure, like even though they might like speak English as their second language or, or third or fourth, whatever. Right. Like, um, briskalov right like that same yeah, sort of man. comedic nature <laughs> like could you imagine him if he was a twitch streamer right now like he oh, would yeah. he would kill every hockey fan would be loving him he's oh, already you have so, get so mad like, yeah <laughs> i love that yeah. clip so much yeah. it's just game uh, well you have to be mad it's just a game yeah. <laughs> yeah. i know that like, those guys have just like the personalities for it right where it's like and it's natural like ovechkin's got that like big like goofy shit-eating grin for like no reason half the time like just that kind of or not even like a shitting grin but that kind of like that like big smirk almost and i don't know i'm yeah. maybe i'm fangirling off of ovechkin right now but i feel like he's a guy they should like totally push that marketing mode and and try and grow the game around i mean we're, we're watching the best pure goal scorer of all time like I, i'm firm in that belief mm-hmm. and that's something that like you should be getting like you know, kids, even if they're not Washington fans, and especially in like kind of a non, you know, Washington does does decent, but it's an, a, an American city that's not really a big, big hockey market. And that's something that like Ovechkin's definitely grown that so much, but like that some American city, the dude is loyal and they have like the best goal scorer of all time. That's something they should be pushing so much harder. So I'm not trying to like rip on them again because this is part of that. They're doing it. Switching gears though, our last topic of the night, Kyle. This Let's is talk a about our bracket. Short 20 minute podcast. Yeah, we're oh yeah, man. We always yeah the good old hockey podcast network 20 minute interview. Hey, so pull up the bracket on your phone there, man. If if you've got it rocking and rolling on uh, Twitter, but. We haven't had a chance to, not that we haven't had a chance. We could have talked about it, but with me having laptop issues and we're trying to figure out Kyle's been stepping up and editing it, we've kind of been leaning on a lot of guys around the network. So we've been collabing with everybody the last few weeks. And because of that, we don't, we've kind of been shying away from talking about like just Oilers stuff for a bit. But now that we have a chance and it's just me and Kyle again for an episode, let's talk about our bracket. And First off, something that I had said on Twitter that I was going to acknowledge like weeks and weeks and weeks ago. So we kind of got a bit, and this is more on me. I'm not, I'm not, I'll take the fall for this one, Kyle, because it was me. But we started out and we were going to try and figure out who Oilers fans hate the most. And I know we don't want to be like too like overly PC and like all this stuff, but I think it was a little bit tone deaf. And Evan Thompson on Twitter, one of our followers made a really good point that it's just like you know he was he was more or less pointing out that somebody else had tried to do this a couple years ago on twitter and it just didn't really get a great reception some of the media guys that were in this bracket got wind of it and it just kind of turned into a sour situation so i think it's not something that like we we were definitely second guessing it to begin with and we were kind of like yeah like you know we're trying to do something to kind of catch people's eye but but whatever else. And I think it was a bit tone deaf in that. And we should have followed our gut that was kind of second guessing it. 
and I think the big thing is especially the time that we're in right now, there's a lot of negativity going around. So talking about like writers and, and ex players that might be on social media more and they're at home and they're not working as much and being like, Hey, which one of you guys does our fan base hate the fucking most is kind of a shitty thing to say. So we had switched it to who does Oilers oil country hold the biggest grudge against, which I think is a lot more fitting. And one of the big things for me, and I, I think for you as well, Kyle, but I'm curious what you think. My big thing is like that old adage of time heals all wounds. And I was really curious of that, of like, where did the like Matthew Kachucks fit against the Corey Perry's and the Peter Pocklington, who's a huge guy that like people held grudges against that guy for decades. He sold the great one. But then you got a guy like Dallas Eakins, who was one of the worst coaches of all time for this team only a couple of years ago. And that, that was a really interesting match. Going into that, Kyle, what were your kind of biggest surprises? Like, did any of the matchups really, really blow you away? Uh, like you said with Pocklington, right? I personally would have picked him against against Eakins. But I, I, again, too, to put with, oh my God, sorry, I can't talk. With what you said, um, I think there's a lot of recency bias that we've seen in the Twitter polls and, and all of that, right? And And maybe that's, who are fan base like the age ranges or or whatever or, or if it is and also a different sample wounds, size but, where that's yeah. the weird thing about twitter where like some of these polls we were getting like 12 votes and then we'd get a couple of retweets on some and, and appreciate the people that retweeted them but when we had like the pronger one going i think it was the pronger one we had like 450 votes and it was like well this is a way bigger sample size so it, it skews it a bit but I think you're, I, I agree with you. Like, I don't think the Kachuk versus Puyarvi um, surprised me as much. We set it up so it was Puyarvi versus Nail Yakupov, which it, that's the other thing is like trying not to get guys that like could have made it further knocked out against a tough opponent. Like, and that's why we set it up as like Daniel and Hendrik Sedin reverse pronger. So it's like, you know, yeah, some people might be like, oh yeah, screw Daniel and Hendrik Sedin. But that vote was like 94% to six. It was, it was pronger for sure. We, they were just kind of fill-ins. But I was a little surprised. I had pronger as my number one seed for players. And Kessler knocked him out. And I don't get me wrong. I knew Kessler was going to make it far. And I knew it would probably be pronger versus Kessler. But that poll was like definitively Kessler. Sorry, I didn't know that you were talking about like what people were voting on now. I thought you just were talking about the poll where it was at. So, yeah, I seen that on, uh, I checked well, the Twitter today. As of and- right now, sorry to interrupt, Kyle. So yeah. the last round, which is our moving into our final four. So we're getting into the division winners. Because okay, you so, have our Elite Eight as the pin tweet. Is That's what I want to do. Right, but we're already halfway through the Elite Eight voting. So okay, Kessler okay. has beat Pronger at a vote of 75% to 25, which I was like, shit, I thought that was going to be way closer. And then the more recent one was Corey Perry versus Matthew Kachuk, which I knew was going to be close, but get this, Corey Perry wins 51% to 49%. Chuck and Corey Perry had tied previously twice. And then since they tied so much, we reassembled it and added them in like 
to the Lucic one and just said, hey, pick the worst two. But that's, and then so like the, I think the player side, anyone else on the player side, like early on, maybe surprise you? No, I mean, it was pretty like cut and dry, black and white, exactly how I thought it was going to go. I, there's right? a few people that I, I thought the Lucic and Brandon Manning one might be closer, to be honest, especially just with the last year Brandon Manning's had. And I know yeah, it's Lucic, but, and I know a yeah. lot of people don't like Lucic, but at the same time, I feel like. I don't know. I, maybe I'm a bit of a Lucic apologist. Honestly, I always kind of felt bad. I think for just him. Lucic was so hated. Whereas Manning, so here, man. yeah. Manning's definitely hated. Don't get me wrong, especially with his, you know, um, racist outburst that happened just recently here, right? But just just for how much like Lucic affected the actual Oilers team, whereas Manning kind of bounced in between the leagues and only had a couple showings actually. In really, Edmonton. like as far as the and, Oilers, and he did the worst thing McDavid, about Manning but... is that we lost Kajula for him. That too, fair enough. Yeah, but I that's agree. the thing is yeah. like like as far as a person and like and his actions of like obviously saying the racial slur that was really bad and like his salary is also really bad. But at the end of the day, like really all Manning did was we lost Kajula, Lucic. We tied up six million dollars. And he was the replacement for Taylor Hall. And it's like, that's such a hugely bigger gap. No disrespect to Jake, Drake Ajula, but that's just a, such a bigger drop than like a third line left winger, a third line center, and not probably not even a third line center. He's like a fourth line center, third line left winger dropping for a really shitty AHL defenseman. But any, anything on the, so I, I mentioned the Peter Pocklington thing and I knew Eakins was going to get far too, but I thought Pocklington was for sure going to be the final in the coaches management division versus Peter Shirelli. I thought and so too. Higgins walked right in there. Yeah. It wasn't even close, right? But is that is that something like that? I know we're trying to wrap it up here, Kyle, but is that something where it's just maybe more is that recency bias? And or or the time heals all wounds where it's like, yeah, Pocklington. I think it's sucked, recency bias. Higgins like is, how you put yeah. against the person that you know, was going bankrupt on multiple businesses he owned and so had to like sell part of the team and the greatest player to ever play the game to get cash back. And right? On the like, flip side, is it because of the good things Pocklington did before? And I mean, like Twitter is typically a younger demographic as well as our listeners, we're assuming is a younger demographic based off the ones we've interacted with. And so maybe that's just the aspect where like, people our age and or younger or kind of in that like 20s early 30s are like yeah we know Pocklington sucks and we know the detail but like i don't really personally hold a grudge against him because like that's we fair. didn't watch gretzky yeah. well like, again that's, that's recency it. bias but yeah. it is because yeah. it was like i definitely thought you know i i am kind of happy that you know eakins went through in a way because if the final turns out to be kessler and eakins and it's just a fuck the ducks final like, I'm I'm a happy boy. I'm all good. I'm I'm good with that. Oh, Kyle dropped the happy boy line. You're welcome. It it looks like it's well. I mean, it's Kessler and Perry right now. Which is how do you think that plays out? Let's do prediction time. Who do you think advances as the player to the final versus either the media member or the coach? Well, I mean, let's be real. It'll be Shirelli, and probably, I mean, one of either Brian Burke or Eric Francis. Who's the player? Kessler or Perry? <laughs> Those I'm going to assume it's going to be, as much as I hate Perry, I'm going to assume it's going to be Kessler for holding the pad. That individual See, mood 
move is going to. I think, yeah. and and here's the thing, Kyle. I think it should be Kessler, but we also, as much as we've been trying, and no one's been retweeting it. That's just like normal hockey fans that aren't Oilers fans. I mean, but I think the only potential why I think Perry might squeak through is I think if any other fans see this, they're going to vote for Corey Perry because everybody hates Corey Perry. Like Flames fans despise Corey Perry. They 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 don't like Kessler either, but it, it's. Kessler was more of like more gamesmanshipy, and he was kind of dirty too. But Perry was a lot less like, oh, I'm gonna like get under your skin, and like I'm just gonna do like dirty cheap shit while scoring goals. Okay, fair. It could be skewed by other teams, but the question is, who do Oilers fans? No, and that's and I, so that's the thing I'm hoping is like, and we've tried to make that clear of like. Oilers fans vote for this like and and luckily our network guys have been good with that too I know like some of them were joking Brad was joking about like voting for like Lucic over Kachuk or like that's a bad example because they're both flames but somebody else over Kachuk just so Kachuk doesn't get through but he had said he didn't and he was going to retweet it but didn't so luckily those guys have been doing us a favor as well I mean not really doing us a favor more so just like not being assholes about it but you know what I mean (laughs) Anyways, voting is still running. We're in the uh, Shirelli versus Eakins poll right now, which will probably, yeah, that'll be over by Monday, but it still will be the media final. And then we get into the, uh, the final four going on next week voting. So check that out on our Twitter, at Oil Country Pod. You can also just search Oil Country Podcast if you're not really Twitter literate. Uh, I believe you do need to have an account on Twitter, but... If anyone doesn't have Twitter and, you know, anyone listening really wants to get in on those polls, you can message us and we will count it towards the poll. So that's met by message. I mean, tweet or, or so, oh, geez, by message us, I mean, text us or you can message us on Facebook, any of that other stuff we're on. Our phone number is 587-415-2894. That's 587-415-2894. And you can find us at Facebook, at Oil Country Podcast, uh, Instagram, at Oil Country Pod. DM us on any of those if you want to get your votes in, but the easiest way to do it is Twitter. Um, Anything else you want to mention as we kind of close up here, Carl? I'm good. You're good. I do. um, I just want to mention, I hope everyone's staying safe, staying healthy, and we will see you again next week on Monday. Take care.